0: Why don't we begin? We hope you enjoy This
1: is Fresh Hop
0: Cinema. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. I'm Max Minardi. And I am Johnny summers we are merrily broadcasting out of chico california that's northern california for all you people that don't live here some people assume california's how big could it be it's pretty big pretty big it's pretty big you could drive california north to south about the same amount of time it takes you to drive north to south in england the tip to the tip Mm. california's big
1: that's not a good comparison for people that live in the united states i guarantee you most people what's
0: england yeah (laughs) i didn't know england was the size of california that's small that's true yeah i guess it doesn't really help Uh, that's the best I can do though. Okay. So anyways, how many hours it like, you know, it's actually probably less to get from the top to the bottom of England, but California probably takes, I don't know. What do you think? Like 12 hours, maybe like the San Diego to like, so from here to San Diego is like eight. Yeah. And like to Oregon up from us is like another two and a half or three, probably three. So it's, yeah. California is very tall. Yep. Side to side, much less time. Yep. So fun. Unless you gotta go through the mountains.
1: even then
0: still still shorter (laughs) uh like i said this is a podcast about craft beer and film uh and we sit down each and every week and talk about those things this week we are covering two films uh one is the irishman and one is waves Uh, there's a good chance you've heard more about the irishman than you have waves uh but regardless of what you do or don't know we will not be spoiling those movies until the end of the show in the danger zone um and I guess that is all the stuff I need to say there. Johnny, will you tell people where to find us on the internet at fresh hop cinema on Facebook and
1: Instagram and Twitter and untapped and letterbox nice
0: and our website and not Facebook. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not Facebook, but I like the groove. You're in, We're so off I that Zuckerberg it. teat. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can support our show with money at patreon.com slash fresh cinema. That'd be super cool for like a dollar a week. You can help keep the show going. You get cool invites, uh, to fun events, all sorts of jazz. And it's also, you know, it's, we're in December guys. It's, it's giving time. If you feel like you got a few extra couch pennies lying around, throw them our way. Yeah. Super, super tight. Couch pennies. (laughs) Couch pennies. Yes. Um, all right, let's jump, let's jump into our beers. Johnny, you've supplied our beers this week per use. Um, and this is from a brewery that I've never heard of. I don't think you have either. Um, but it's out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, a brewery called public access liquids. Wow. And this look, well, we'll get into it a second. This this is a beer called Silent Rejoice. It's a double dry hopped IPA, clocking in at 7%. And I believe you, my friend, picked it up for $7, $6, somewhere in that neighborhood, Mm -hmm. right here in Chico. Um, It looks like something that you would maybe complain about. It looks really, uh, we were just having a debate about our second beer of the episode, whether it has lactose in it or not, mm-hmm. and this looks like milk. This one, yeah, it looks like it looks like an Orange Julius. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about the juiciest beer that I've seen in may- maybe this whole year. This is, uh, yeah. This it's impressive. Is, it's, it is, yeah. Um, so there's probably no lactose. We tried getting a hold of this brewery, but um, they seem to be on the smaller side, uh, and I think we sent them an email or two and just haven't heard back. Um, but I'd be willing to bet that there's not lactose in this. No. I think you gotta say it. (laughs) Uh Hmm. which is why I feel okay with our second beer later on because the iteration that I had read online said it was a milk stout, Mm -hmm. and this one doesn't say it on the can. Not on the can. It's not on the can. But the newest thing on their website does. It's It's it's, confusing. It is. If you seize up and die, we'll know. Yeah. Yeah. I just stop talking. Yes. Yep. That's why. So Silent Rejoice is this beer. Johnny, you've had a sip of it, I believe. Yeah. What do you think? That is
1: really really sharp around the edges that's way more sharp than i thought it was gonna be that is a little zing like hey yo that's like uh biting into an orange like an apple
0: that's the double dry hopping Mm -hmm. that's that's hoppy af that's real hoppy it's also juicy af Mm -hmm. i'm into this though yeah it's nice yeah um so yeah like we're saying very very uh very dense uh looking it's, it's, it's nearing a yellow, but is also very orange mm-hmm. and it's very sharp. I think that was a really good word to use. The level of dankness, uh, that's coming out of this beer is not uh, akin to what it looks like. No. It looks like it should be, I don't just know, just sweet 20% old. sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I and wonder what the, uh, the ABV, I wonder what the, uh, the IBUs here are. I didn't write them down. I couldn't find it online, but it, I would have expected to be like twenty. One, Mm -hmm. and it feels closer to like 60. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's up there. The cool thing is it doesn't really, I mean, not cool. It's just interesting. You don't usually get this. It's that it it starts with that really big punchy hoppiness, and that kind of does mellow out with the juiciness, which I think is the right balance for a beer like this. Yeah, me too. I can't imagine what this tastes. I wonder if they have a non-double dry hopped version. Maybe. Like just their standard one. Yeah. Because it's got to be just super sweet. It's got to be, right? But I think this is a really nice balance, and I am into it. Yeah, I like it. I don't... (laughs) Love it, but I definitely like it. I Did think, it? yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm between those you know? somewhere. It is. It's it's
1: really pointy. It, it's prickly. It's, this beer is like it's almost a struggle to sip. But then you kind of like it. But then you don't necessarily want to take another sip.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't feel that way. I do feel. I'm with you. I don't love it. Um, there is sort of a soapy finish. Um, and I think that's one of those personal taste things. Not everybody's going to associate whatever I'm tasting with soap, but for me, there's a very Prominent hand soap, sort of, uh, yeah, residue that it leaves. That foaming bath and body? No, like the cheap stuff, mm. like the pumps that you always, as a kid, you'd like f- put extra water in to like try to get the most out of the soap. Mm-hmm. It's that. Uh, so I don't love that necessarily. It leaves a funky taste in my mouth, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: kind of like lukewarm on this beer, honestly. Okay. It's good, but it's definitely not great. It's, it's punchy, but it's not, um, highly drinkable i would say it is not highly drinkable. i would say it's not it's definitely it's sippable but i wouldn't want to you know
0: i don't want to take a big gulp of this no it's not like refreshing yeah. like that i think that's the tricky part of a double dry hopped beer is that it can come off as way too aggressive uh which which sometimes can be good uh, i think of modern times booming rollers the double dry hopped one mm-hmm. very aggressive but very well balancing good and this one just, I think, misses it a little bit. Yeah, it's got almost a tang to it. What do you mean by tang? <clears throat> like just a, a a slight like tang. It's a little tangy almost. I always just associate tang with the the powder that mm. would make the juice. So I always think citrusy, but I don't think you're saying it has a citrusy sort of.
1: It might. Tang. I don't know. It definitely has that. Like it's it's like a mouthful of ripe orange, but also you're eating the whole rind. Mm-hmm. It's that's what it tastes like. Yeah, like how an orange is just a slight bit tangy. Yeah, the pithiness of it, sort mm-hmm. of. That. But the massive pithiness, because mm-hmm. the tanginess is the just subtle, juicy sour. Sure. Like just barely. Like, yeah. You wouldn't say oranges are sour;
0: they're no. more like tart. But if you have they're had, tangy, an, yeah, or an underripe orange yeah, certainly does kind of have that vibe. It's that kind of tanginess. Is it safe to say you grabbed this beer because of the the label? Mm-mm. Not really. I grabbed it because I'd never heard of them. Yeah, It's so interesting to me because like. I mean, it's hard to tell how without actually looking at their numbers, how big a brewery is. Um, but it seems to me that a decent barometer is social media presence, mm-hmm. activity, that sort of thing. So based on that alone, it seems like they're not a huge brewery. Yeah. But it's crazy because they're from Boston and we found them in California. And that's weird. And we've never heard of them. So maybe it's a a newer brewery and i I just don't know about it. But
1: and they pilot brew, so they're not oh, okay. they don't
0: have a home location. So they're probably just brewing wherever they can. Yeah. Um yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I see that now that you say that it's yeah, it was it was brewed and canned um at Dorst I in England you would call this Dorster brewing, but maybe it's Dorchester. I'm not sure. But it is also in Boston. So we'll we'll see. Distributed by twelve percent, which I don't know. Interesting. I will give them a little bit more leeway if they are a new brewery. I think there's a learning curve. Especially with an ambitious style like this that is so easy to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't love it, but it is uh it's an interesting experience what do you think yeah it's i don't know i'm not like if i wouldn't buy it again i know that yeah. um i'll finish what i have i enjoy it enough when i'm drinking it it's the soapy thing that comes in at the very end that is really putting me off mm-hmm. but even then it's kind of slight by the time i take another drink that washes away pretty easily yeah so if we're rating it out of 10 which i have a feeling we're about to do <laughs> i'm gonna give it a six so you know yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like a six yeah i was thinking Really, it's right in that
1: like five eight six two range, and I mm-hmm. think there's a pretty big difference. And I think the fact that I'm not only never gonna um, buy this again, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna remember it,
0: except probably more negatively than positive. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, it's like a five, five, six. 5.6 for you. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. That is Silent Rejoice by Public Access Liquids. Uh, get your hands on it if you're in Chico at SNS Produce, probably other bottle shops. Um, if you are not in Chico and you happen to see this, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear, uh, if you pick up soap or if you think it's perfect or it's the most amazing beer you've ever had, please let us know. Let's jump in to our first movie of the day. Speaking of soap. Sure. I don't Nope. Sorry. What is this transition that you're doing? What kind of soap do you use? Okay. Okay. This works. Uh, I I know of Irish spring that works for me. Yes. (laughs) Uh, okay. We're going to start talking about the Irishman. It's a film by Martin Scorsese. It is out on Netflix. We are not going to spoil it. But I do need from you, my friend, a trailer for this before we get into it.
1: Yeah, I can it's also do that. worth
0: noting that you have seen this. I didn't get a chance to catch up with it, uh, but I will. But in the meantime, here is that trailer. Frank Sheeran, I saying that right? Yeah, you said it right. Uh, under the contract, management can only fire a driver on very specific charges. So, do you ever show up late? No. Do you have any moving violations? No. Do you drink on the job? No. Do you ever hit anybody? On a job? Yeah. I don't think so. All right, then. We
1: don't have nothing to worry about.
0: But now I'm a main. I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino.
1: How are you? Hey, nice to meet you. It was like the army. You followed orders. You did the right thing. You got rewarded. I'm a, yeah. a friend of ours is having a little trouble. friend at the top. Back then... There was nobody in this country who didn't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. You go, get the gun out of his hand! You always charge a guy with a gun. With a knife, you run away. So you charge with a gun, with a knife, you run How you, Frank. Would you like to be a part of history? Yes, I would. Big business and the government are working together, trying to pull us apart. Something's got to be done. What else you say? Now's not the time to not say. We're going at war with these people. War. Things have gotten out of hand with our friend. You gotta sit down. Everybody says so.
0: No, I'm not sitting down. I can't do it. It's what it is. What it is. I know things they don't know I know. Either way, he's going. All right, Johnny. Uh, again, haven't seen it. I know some things about it, but I'm going to leave it to you to inform our lovely listeners. Uh some some cold hard facts about this movie, including maybe a plot synopsis, if you would be so gracious. Yeah, mid-1950s,
1: Frank Sheeran is a truck driver, played by Robert De Niro. He gets wrapped all up in uh, some nefarious affairs with one Russell Buffalino, played in this movie by Joe Pesci, and his Pennsylvania crime family. As Sheeran climbs the ranks to become a top hitman, he also goes to work for Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino, a powerful teamster tied to organized crime. And uh, the whole movie's kind of just about, that's the... The groundwork, and then it just goes from there. This is directed by Martin Scorsese, screenplay by Steve Zalian. Oh, that's good, yeah. Based on a book by Charles Brandt. It was widely released on Netflix, uh, 11-26-19. It's the ninth collab with Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese. Pesci came out of retirement for this. Uh,
0: much convincing was required from Scorsese and De Niro, but the gang's all back together again. Yeah, that's. I think that's the important part here. Like All of the hype around this movie has been like, like movies that Martin Scorsese and particularly Robert De Niro used to make like one final like Hollywood classic gangster type movie. Yep. Um, I was looking at the list of Scorsese directed films, trying to pick out ones that I've seen with De Niro and there are a lot, but what caught me was that he also directed Shutter Island, which I didn't know. I didn't know that was him. Hmm. Uh, strangely enough. That's weird. Um, but you're looking at Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, uh, The Departed, uh, not with De Niro, but uh, raging bull, which we've covered on the show before. Um, a ton of classics and it was, it was sort of assumed that they were kind of all done. Like you said, Joe Pesci was in retirement. Um, took him a long time to get on board with this. Like, um, I think they were like, I read a saying, saying like, like 40 conversations of trying to convince him. Um, cause everybody in this film is basically like in their seventies now. Um, and people, actors and directors like, likewise, have like started retiring and like calling it good and whatever. Um, so I do want to get your thoughts on this. Um, another really quickly, a little hard fact here. Um, it's always important, I think, to like take in numbers and how films are performing. But it's tricky because um, this was released to Netflix, like you said. So it's not really box office numbers. Yeah, it's harder to track. Right. So um, there are certain companies like Nielsen Ratings uh, is a big one for TV. And I guess they track this. Um, and this doesn't account for global viewership. But in the United States alone, in the first five days, about 17 million people watch this movie, which is sort of an arbitrary number if you don't know the highs and lows. Somehow Bird Box did 26 million. Uh, And I have to assume Bird Box is less good than this. Um, And then El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie that we covered a few weeks ago, had about 11 million in its first five days. Mm. So this is doing very well. Uh, Not the record or anything, but um, I think it's like three hours long too, yes? Yeah, I feel like that's a big part of why that viewership wasn't higher in the first five days. This
1: came out right before Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and it was a time where a lot of people were traveling, being with their families and stuff. And it was actually three hours and 29 minutes long. Yeah, it's a long one. It's not exactly something you can sit down and consume with the family. Right. Is it even a content wise? Would you call it a family movie? No. Yeah. No, it's a very much so gangster Scorsese flick. So mm-hmm. I think that had a big factor because, yeah, I put off watching it until, what, two or three days ago uh, over this last weekend. And. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably having to do that because it is a significant chunk of time. Uh, It was kind of a the barrier of entry, knowing how long it is. Really, it I put it off for a while because that's a chunk of a day. Oh yeah, for sure. That's like get off work, watch this movie, go to bed. Yeah, maybe scarf down some dinner quickly and then get sleep. We paused this movie to grab white claws and like make food, and then immediately jump back in, and Mm -hmm. then like you know a couple bathroom breaks. But I think that will um, probably add up a little bit more as time goes on. Sure. We'll get past the holiday weekend. It was really good. I liked it. I was really concerned about the length of time because I've said it a million times, dude, if a movie's going to be over two hours, it has to earn it or else it's just going to make me mad. Sure. Um, And this, this earned it. I was super engaged and the chemistry is so great with all these characters. It was just, it brought back all the nostalgia of like watching Goodfellas when I was a kid, right. and like I loved it. It was a gangster movie like we haven't had in a long time. That same vibe as like The Departed. You know, I, I really like all these characters meshing together. Uh, I liked Al Pacino quite a bit. He was really good. It was a nice ensemble. It was really long, but it it never felt like it was dragging. It wasn't a very fast paced movie, but mm-hmm. it kept a very even pace. So it never felt there like there was any lulls but there was there was a few points where it really burst out but for the most part it was very even and well well timed well paced I would say
0: nice um there's been talk online about sort of the special effects in this movie you mentioned mm-hmm. it before we started um, can you give me kind of a rundown of, of, of what that is exactly and uh, how you reacted to it?
1: Yeah, so in this movie, like as you said, uh, all these guys are actually in their in their mid-70s. Robert De Niro's not a young man. Joe Pesci is aging like fruit. Very poor. <laughs> okay. So um, they're actually portraying themselves some, what, 40 years prior. They, you, don't, you don't
0: mean the the characters they are playing are versions of themselves. You, you're saying?
1: The characters in this movie, the are portraying themselves at probably mid 50s right and then also in their like late 20s early 30s yeah it's like a 60 year storyline right mm-hmm. yeah it's a very long storyline so they actually use some uh, computer de-aging technology that's yep. kind of cgi instead of getting actors that like looked similar to them and maybe enhancing that with cgi they actually de-aged pretty much all the main characters and at first it was really distracting I had to acknowledge kind of to myself, like, all right, this is a wonky thing about this movie that they probably shouldn't have done. surprised that got through. But whatever. It is what it is. Suspension of disbelief is necessary. Uh, And honestly, after the first maybe 30 minutes, you don't really notice it. Because when they're in their, like, 50s later on in their life, it's
0: a lot less noticeable. Yeah, like a 20-year-old, an actual 70-year-old looking like a 20-year-old is... We're not I don't think we're there yet.
1: Yeah, but like a seventy year old looking like a fifty year old yeah. with makeup and, and Hollywood lighting and stuff, it's it's way more doable. Uh, but yeah, just the way they move. Uh, Robert De Niro gets in like a f- a fight mm-hmm. at one point, and it looks like a seventy year old man fighting a thirty year old. Is it man. when he's? It's when he's younger. But it's when he's yeah. younger. Yeah. But that CGI younger version moves like a seventy five year old. So tough. it was tough. But I mean, it was such a small part of the story. A lot of the of it was set later on. It was all just you know kind of for backstory and whatnot. So it was it was tolerable, and it was not Fair. enough to imbalance the the much the muchness of my enjoyment
0: fair good yeah. i Scorsese was saying at one point uh, in an interview with entertainment weekly that uh, when asked about this i mean there's so much hype around it that i think it has it necessarily draws you in it like makes you notice it even because i even i'm gonna look for it now like i know about it yeah um but i think if you take this movie out of the context at least this is what scorsese was saying he hoped would happen it you wouldn't like kind of what you're saying like a little bit in you're like okay that's not the point it's essentially an extension of makeup mm-hmm. like the technology is there now where we can just sort of I don't know. As viewers, we can disregard it, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, he was also asked about sort of the idea of resurrecting actors that have passed away. Um, the big one that they mentioned was was Peter uh, Cushing in the Star Wars movie, um, where it was, or even I think they did with um, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. They just brought back a digital version of them. Uh, and Scorsese said, "Well, when you're talking about Star Wars, that's another universe. Anything's allowed. But if you took, I don't know, like, a Spencer Tracy and put him in something, uh, I don't know, because what's the basis of all the emotion of the actor if you're creating it all by computer?" Um, so they could have probably found actors and then just kind of CGI'd these guys' faces on it like they did with like Steve Rogers and Captain America mm-hmm. when he's little. Um, but if you're counting on performances like you are in this movie, I think it's important to keep the actors.
1: Yeah, and it was nice too. There was a cohesion like in their voices and you know, their lips matched up, even yeah. though it was it looked a little bit wonky, like it was them. It was actually Robert De Niro saying those things. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean the biggest thing I think is maybe just don't focus on their mouths. Yeah, that was the biggest part that it looked a little wonky. So if you just distract yourself from that and you know focus on what they're saying or watch it with subtitles and just read those during the flashbacks, you'll yeah. be fine.
0: Yep. Um, any standout performances to you?
1: Well, De Niro's pretty much at the center of this movie. I uh, really enjoyed him.
0: I wish there was more Harvey Keitel. He was in it. That's right. We, I mean, we could take a second to list all the people. There's more than just the three that we talked about. There's a ton of people in this movie. If if I if I trust the internet, which I think I do, mm-hmm. uh, who else is in it? You know, Harvey Keitel. Like, what is his role in this?
1: Uh, he was like the the bigger boss. He was Joe Pesci's like leader. He was actually like the leader of the whole Philadelphia uh, crime okay, family. Okay. But okay. he wasn't in it for very much of it. When I right. love Harvey Keitel, sure. I wanted to see more of it. But every single face was like. You've seen him in
0: gangster movies. You've seen him in Scorsese sure. movies. It was really just like... And then there's was, Ray Romano. And then, <laughs> which it seems laughable. Like if you've seen him in anything. It's like, he's the jokester. Yeah. Uh, was he that way in this movie? He was um, not like a jokester, but he was definitely
1: like the more silly. But also he was a lawyer. So like he was saying audacious things with a straight face. Right. Uh, as far as like defending criminals and stuff like that. There's some interesting sure. back and forth with him and De Niro. Uh, but I wouldn't say he's like
0: comic relief at okay. all. Okay, but okay, fine. But certainly a different vibe. I I almost feel like seeing Ray Romano would take me out of the movie even more than like the de aging thing. You know, yes, would, and just no. for a second. Like, right? It's Ray Romano. He fits in with the cast though. Like he looks uh, like
1: he should belong in this universe and with these these characters. And all the costumes were really
0: cool too. They sure. had a bunch of cool suits from the fifties. They all looked really nice. Yeah, it was interesting hearing uh, reading as You talk about sort of one of his other reasons for not picking younger actors is that there's something he grew up around the same neighborhood that De Niro did. And they are about the same age. So they experienced New York in the same way. Mm. Um, and there's something that can't really be taught, I think. So if you went to find a 20 something year old actor that even grew up in New York, it's a different New York. And yeah, that makes sense. Um, when we get to later on in the show, I'll talk about my first viewing experience of taxi driver, but that's kind of the New York that he grew up with and, mm. and De Niro. So like there's something about those two working together to portray this time period that it sounds like they did in this movie as well, that may not have worked with a, a different or younger actor, even one that didn't actually go through it. Totally. The, interesting.
1: Yeah. Them being a team to portray the history of, of a city like that and their experience in it. That's brings a level of authenticity. Totally. That you can't really shake a stick at. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, What was your viewing experience? Like where, what like you watched it at home. You said obviously yeah, it was on I watched it at home.
1: Um, I think, what was it? It was Friday night or Saturday. No, it was Friday night.
0: Okay. Yeah. Said you took a couple breaks, bathroom stuff and bathroom food. Yeah. It sounds so secretive. Yeah. You had to do bathroom stuff. You had to do bathroom stuff. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just a relaxing night at home. Um, Got really into it immediately and didn't want to turn it off. But, like, all right, I've needed a drink for like 20 minutes. Here we go. Yeah. So it was actually more engaging and more immersive and really more interesting than I thought it was going to be. It was a complex plot. A lot of characters. There mm-hmm. was a lot of conspiracy. Um, certain parts of this movie are pure conjecture, as far as like the JFK assassination. There sure. it involves a lot of conspiracies yeah. right. there, and um, even with with Jimmy Hoffa and his quote unquote disappearance, mm-hmm. there's there's some liberties taken, and I think it was based on a book that
0: actually took those liberties and sure. ran with them. So
1: yeah, it was it was really interesting, and
0: it made me want to learn more about Jimmy Hoffa. Right. So I don't I don't have the interview in front of me, but I also read Scorsese. He was asked a similar question, like, do you do you care personally about the historical accuracy of this? He basically said, no, like <laughs> his argument was that essentially, so if we find out what really with JFK, like if we found out exactly what happened and how it happened, like we'd get, we'd get a couple movies and a bunch of talk around the dinner table and then we'd move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but his focus is more about whatever history you're painting here, how uh, the conversations about that, it doesn't necessarily matter to him what the objective truth is. It's the world he's creating and, uh, how the people in it react to it, definitely I think just it's pretty cool
1: telling a good story, whether it's fiction or you know loosely sure. based on yeah. a book that might be fiction or
0: right. yeah,
1: it was really good. It was worth watching. and uh, even Trilina, who is not into like gangster movies or three and a half hour anything, yeah. really yeah. um was super into it too. really enjoyed it and uh, struck up some good conversation after about it. So,
0: yeah, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I did, in fact enjoy it. Cool. Uh, one more question then before I get to your overall rating mm-hmm. is I brought up your viewing experience because uh, Scorsese had said in an interview with The Guardian, uh, quote, I would suggest if you ever want to see one of my pictures or most films, please, please, please don't look at it on a phone, mm. an iPad, a big iPad, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just an interesting point. Like he's he's sort of a godfather of modern cinema and has championed sort of the quote unquote cinema experience. He like kind of trash talks some Marvel movies by not calling them cinema. He says, like, they're not cinema. There might be something else. They're like an amusement park ride and people are going to be entertained, but it's not the same thing. It's a different beast. I don't think he's wrong either. I don't either. And and a lot of uh, magazines and, and websites took it just that clip out of context, like this isn't cinema. Of course. And and he is saying that, but it's not meant as a slight. I don't think it's just, they're a different thing we're in a time of transition and it is. whatever.
1: We all know it's a different thing. Sure. We don't watch those movies and discuss critical roles no. and the depth of their emotions. You know what I mean? Sure. It's...
0: It's about something. It's a different genre. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But all that to say, like, the big thing here, I think, is if I could see this movie in a theater versus watching it at home on Netflix, I would. Yeah. That's just a personal thing, though. I think the sound is probably going to be better in a theater. The the viewing experience will probably be better. I also, I said this, what were we talking about a couple weeks ago? Something to be said for not being able to pause a movie. Oh, The Lighthouse. You have to sit in it. And it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, you're stuck watching it. And you can't stop the onslaught and i think there's a lot to be said for the momentum that a movie creates in its viewers and if you're if you're able to pause um and it sounds like you were very into this movie so it's not Mm -hmm. an issue but if you can pause a movie you might not start it again this is one of those
1: ones i was seriously contemplating watching in maybe two two parts Mm -hmm. um and the movie took over and yeah. pretty much didn't allow us to do that yeah. just because of our our desire to finish it. And the yeah. fact that it was only three hours, we can do this. Let's rock it out. Sure. And it wasn't an even we can do this. There's a lot of movies that are over three hours that are like, all right, we got this. We can do this. Let's let's hunker down and yeah. and get through it. And this was more of a, I'm really enjoying this. That's awesome. And I want to see how it ends. So. That to me is a, the testament
0: of you've earned your your length. Fair. I would also probably make the case that going into a Martin Scorsese film, knowing his history of movies, I, I give him that leeway. Totally. Straight away. Like you can give me a four hour movie, and I'll I'll trust that you're doing it mm-hmm. right. But yeah, it's it's tough for like a, a new filmmaker to come on like here's my here's my five hour opus to yeah. a, a experimental French new wave cinema. It's like I don't come Who on. Who do man. you think? Yeah. You like, are. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. So the Irishman it's on Netflix. I need an out of ten from you. And would you recommend?
1: A hundred percent would recommend. Especially if
0: you're a fan of any of
1: Scorsese's previous work. Uh, if you're not, don't know if this would be a good place to start. It was a great movie. I would say go watch Good Goodfellas immediately. Yeah. Um. But overall, hundred percent recommend. This was one of in his pantheon. It was it was definitely solid. It was top top quarter. I would say. Uh, I would give this probably uh, Like an 8.9 Nice dude Yeah Why not a 9?
0: Feels, oh. it feels re- it relevant It could have been shorter it Really it's just the length for you huh? Yeah Huh Yeah. Alright um, Okay That's the Irishman It's on Netflix We're gonna jump to a break uh, We're gonna change things up a little bit When we come back from our break uh, Since we've already talked A little bit about this movie I wanna get another beer going If that's okay with you
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in need of some delicious food, beer, wine, cocktails, and maybe even a gift card to sneak under the tree for Christmas, you should go down and check out the Handlebar right here in Chico, California.
0: It's a great place to eat. It's a great place to drink. It's a great place to bring your family. And they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street, Take your family down. Take your friends down. Take yourself down.
1: Don't forget, they've got gift cards. So give the gift of the handlebar this holiday season.
0: Okay, here we are once again. We are breaking the order of the thing because we want to. Because I want to. And I'm in charge right now. So we're talking about our second beer of the show. And it's one... uh, that we are very concerned that might kill Johnny if it has milk. But I think we both think it probably doesn't though. Older versions of this beer have had milk. It's been mm. called an Imperial milk stout with coconut, but we're just going to assume that it is for now an Imperial stout with coconut sans milk. I'm so scared. Okay. It's called fantastic voyage. It's brewed by perennial artisan ales out of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, double confirm this with me. It's 11 and percent. Uh, Possibly? Yep. Okay, great. So a lot of this is the same. Johnny Summers picked it up at SNS Produce again here in Chico. It exploded a little bit on your hand uh, for eight bucks, more or less. I will read what they have on their website. Again, it's maybe right, it's maybe not. I'm just going to omit the word milk when I see it. The rebirth of Fantastic Voyage is a return to slow jams and silk sheets. We combine <laughs> a smooth yet strong imperial stout base with a heap of dried coconut in the whirlpool. The result is a luscious blend of baker's chocolate, subtle roast, and sweet coconut. So take a sip and just sail on. Johnny Summers, you reached out to Perennial, uh, hoping to get some further information, and you got in touch with one of their brewers, I believe. What did he have to say about this beer when we asked him what we couldn't find, if there was anything we couldn't find online? Granted, he did not specify this maybe didn't have milk, which would have been, I think, the most important fact. Yeah. But what did he say?
1: So he said they look at this beer to be enhanced and balanced with the coconut impact rather than having an over-the-top, saturated, quote-unquote, pastry presence. Uh, this beer does have a sweet finish with a
0: big, luscious mouthfeel. Yeah, that's Chris Canassi. He's a brewer over at Perennial. Chris, if you're hearing this, um, it'd be super awesome if you could clarify for us whether or not there is milk. Um, this is the version, or the maybe the batch number, um, and the only way I can tell is that the best buy date on the bottom of this can is September 19th, uh, 2020. So, if you have any information, that would be super awesome. Um, As we venture forth yeah. into
1: this fantastic voyage, so I am going to be treading with the boots on of
0: pretending this has milk in it. You are gonna just just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't well. want my night ruined. Fine, okay. What are you seeing first in the glass? Seeing and smelling is what I want to know before you taste it.
1: Uh, I am seeing rich, dark, molassesy black. Yeah, it looks nice and bubbly. There is a lot of a um, lot of carbonation in there. It looks like
0: uh it smells nice yeah mine, mine's um i mean you poured obviously a little bit more in my glass than yours but uh the head is actually staying around which i don't often see with really strong stouts it seems unless it's like undercarbed in a nice way we've had some rough experiences the past couple of weeks with an overcarbonation mm-hmm. from a brewery called founders uh still trying to clear that up um this one actually seems more just based on looks more of what i would want an imperial stout to be carbonation wise how does it taste
1: it's nice. It's very much so dark dark chocolate, uh, with the, the coconut kind of just dashed in there. The coconut isn't super strong. You get a little bit of it. It's a ton of like dark baking chocolate. Uh a lot of those roasted malts are giving it a real toasty, toasty flavor. Not not so much coconut.
0: I'm not really getting much coconut at all. I wouldn't have said coconut if I didn't know it was in there. I wouldn't have yes, it seems I'm not positive on this, but it feels like it's not in there to me. Tastes like a stout. Yeah, it tastes like a really solid stout. Mm-hmm. It's it's thick. Uh, there's heat from the alcohol. There's plenty of roastiness, and the chocolate character is great. Yeah, it's not overly sweet, which also makes me think there's definitely not lactose in this, right? Because usually, if I'm hearing like coconut, chocolate, lactose, it's like that's going to be a sweet. That's sweet a candy beer. bar. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think that's this.
1: No, I don't either. But you enjoy it? It's not bad. I really like the the dark chocolatey of it, uh, you know. Too many beers default to that like milk chocolatey, super super saccharine sweet. Yeah. I definitely see what he's saying about not wanting to be like in that pastry style. Yeah, he
0: definitely put pastry in quotes by the way in that in that quote. He's like having over the top saturated quote pastry presence, and mm-hmm. I think that's spot on. Like it's not that. Yeah. So well done.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's more traditional stout flavors than a pastry stout. And the sweetness is pretty much non existent. I wouldn't say this is very sweet
0: at all. Oh, I wouldn't I would push back on that pretty hard. Uh I would just say that like the over overt sort of lactose sweetness is gone. But it's still really sweet to me. Um not so much syrupy, but uh the richness of that chocolate, uh I think is pretty pretty sweet. It's
1: it can be rich without being sweet though. Like, sure. It's it can. got like a depth of like that dark chocolateiness, but I I'm not
0: picking up a lot of sweetness. You get more bitterness from the dark chocolate? Yeah. Really. Uh no, I'm it feels very it feels very um that's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, not syrupy, but like... Um, decadent. Yeah, maybe decadent, but it, it's sweet to me. Uh, granted, we're coming off of um, this confusing number uh, <laughs> back for our first beer. So maybe that's skewing me a little bit more than you. I don't know. Um, either way, I think we both like it, which is a good jumping off point. Uh, let's talk a little bit about price. Bang for buck, that sort of thing. Uh, eight bucks, like I said. Would you buy it again for $8?
1: Personally, no. Okay. It doesn't stand out quite enough for me. And then there's this issue of, the branding and the marketing—does it have milk or does it not? The newest information on their website regarding this beer, which should be up to date with the newest cans on the market, uh, is conflicting with the cans themselves, and I find that to be um, problematic. It's a, it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, wouldn't, especially with people with like food allergies and stuff. I did, honestly, I just don't appreciate that. That's like, you're going to advertise milk and then throw me a can that doesn't say milk. Playing with my emotions. Um, not feeling it, dog.
0: Um. Okay, I don't care about that, obviously. Like, it doesn't (laughs) affect me at all. So, um, for me, it's like, if this had milk? Cool. If not, whatever. If it had coconut, though, what would you think? I would, yeah. I mean, it's always such a tough thing we talk about with coconut. Coconut seems to come up more than others. Like, if you mess up coconut, it'll ruin your beer. Mm -hmm. It just tastes like just artificial and gross and weird and not really like coconut. If you do it right, it can be really, really, well, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I do yeah I'd want I want some coconut yeah i don't I don't get it, so you know that's gonna that's gonna lose a couple points for me um, but I do like this beer like regardless of coconut or milk, it's a solid stout eleven and a half percent bang for buck that's good I think eight bucks is a totally fair price for this pint um so i'm 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 more stoked on it than not, yeah
1: all right, I'm less stoked on it than perhaps you indeed
0: are you ready to rate it yeah, I suppose so uh I got find my pen there it is. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 rate it now. Will you also rate it now? Yes, I will. All right. You first. I went first last time, but I asked you first. That's a good point. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Should we say our ratings on three? Sure. One, two, three, 6.4. Okay. Wow. All right. You're higher than I thought. Uh, yeah. My, my big bummer is just the coconut thing. I yeah. want there to be coconut. Although I, that's the argument you're making with the milk. Although this does say coconut. Yeah. So it's not like, it doesn't have... say milk. No. So I, I want, I want coconut. Yeah but that's okay i want it to taste as advertised
1: it's it's a little underwhelming uh it's high abv but it's not um i wouldn't say it's a super world-class like quality stout
0: no but you're also not
1: paying world-class prices for it like i don't know there's a bunch of other stouts you could get in that price range that i think i don't know about the abv wise but there's ones that i would reach towards that personally i think taste better yeah what what number would you want to be paying for this uh I don't think the price is really the problem. No. I I think it's more just um Okay, so if I tasted the beer, I would have guessed this was like a 5.99 can. Oh really? Yeah.
0: That's I um, mean that's
1: pretty reasonable. Yeah, that that's a fair price mm-hmm. also, but but I mean I wouldn't if you like it, it's worth the 7.99. But yeah, I I just I don't think I would reach for it again. I've, I I yep. want a bit more distinction. It doesn't stand out from the crowd and the the stout crowd is very very populated with some of the best that we've ever seen being produced right now in the world so
0: you really have to be above average to stand out and for me this this just doesn't do that fair enough okay that's fantastic voyage from perennial artisan ales if you get a chance to drink it let us know what you think all the social medias we listed at the top would be super super sick uh since we're breaking format here do you want to go hot and bothered or do you want to go waves you tell me man yeah i think we go waves now i don't know what's happening so where are we (laughs) uh waves is a film we're going to talk about right now we're not going to spoil it so listen anyways johnny summers i need a trailer love is patient love is kind love is not rude it doesn't boast love also forgets wrong
1: how i do
0: it's been hard hasn't it let go of a prayer for you how you doing with everything i'm good just a sweet word you know it's okay if you're not the table is prepared for you i'm trying to give you the tools to succeed in this world it's not easy out there everything i do is for y'all everything i know you're under a lot of pressure right now but i'm just getting really scared You'll have this place to call home. Everything's That's gonna not. be okay, all right? Always. We're in this together. much hate in my life all we have is now all we have is now that was a trailer for waves it was written and directed by trey edward schultz uh oh, yeah. we're back we're okay. back all right hey. um he directed uh, and I think wrote at least one of these two. He, he did Cresha, which I haven't seen, uh, but it's sort of a – it's a family uh, – let's call it a family drama. And then also It Comes at Night, which is a psychological horror film that I really, really like. Um, uh, did you ever see either of those? Yeah. Great. Love it. Okay. <laughs> I was like kind of blacked out drunk when I watched It Comes at Night.
1: That's so not a good scenario I don't have, for that movie. That's fine. Um,
0: yeah. I really appreciate that. Though. Like A lot of people, when they get blacked out drunk, just kind of revert to their base needs as human beings. And you're like, I'm going to watch a movie. Yeah. Respect, man. Yeah. Um, that was the one with the guy that you like. I don't like him that much. But you uh, you he's mentioned fine. he's a good actor. Yeah, I think he's... He think, uh, I don't know. What's man. his name? Joel Edgerton. Thank you. He's fine. He's, okay. he's done more bad stuff than good. I guess. Can I say... He's good in that. You don't have to like him. He's the guy... Whose name that you remember? That's fair, yeah. <laughs> that I do not. So. I am, I'm that guy for a lot of stuff. I just remember like little random- Who's that guy? Unusual, useless facts. Given the context of this podcast, that's not unusual fair. That's or good unhelpful. Point. That's why I have this. This is why I feel good here. It's like yeah. I'm, help, I'm helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Waves is the epic emotional journey of a suburban African-American family led by a well-intentioned but domineering father as they navigate love, forgiveness, and coming together in the aftermath of a loss. Film stars Sterling K. Brown- uh, you might know him from This Is Us. He's amazing in that. He's amazing in everything. Uh, if you're not a This Is Us person, you know him from his cameo in Black Panther, probably. Uh, it also stars Taylor Russell, Kelvin Harris Jr., Alexa Demi, and Lucas Hedges uh, in a... I almost wanted to say cameo, but that's not right. Uh, he's in it. He's in it. He's in it. That's all I'll say. There you go. Um, it came out in limited release on November 15th of 2019. I did not see it until... Um, this mid or early December at the pageant independent theater, I found out from you, Johnny today that it was actually playing at the Cinemark theater in town, which uh, makes me happy. Cause it's not, as we were saying earlier before, I think we, before we started, uh, not making a ton of money. Um, and we can talk about why that might be. And again, like it came out kind of t- around the time knives out did, mm-hmm. um, which is why, uh, the knives out killed a lot of movies, but I think deservedly it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Uh, It's rated PG 13 waves is uh, two hours, 15 minutes long. It made $134,000. It's opening weekend. And as of December 9th, it's made about a million. Uh, That's not accurate for this. Uh, I had one more fact, but that's from another movie. Sorry, Johnny, what'd you think? Just, just, just briefly, very vaguely. I just want the, like the one sentence synopsis of your feelings. I loved and
1: hated this movie all at the same time it was near perfect and absolutely
0: crushing yeah okay all right uh i like this movie a lot i think that structure this is a run-on sentence by the way Uh, structurally for a lot of people it will be very problematic Mm -hmm. and we will talk about why absolutely we'll talk about because i think it was structured perfectly i do too kind of i thought it was structured very well
1: it was structured the way it was for a reason. Totally. And if you don't understand that, it's going to piss you off.
0: The other thing is I think you can also understand it, but not fully buy into it. Or there, appreciate it. Sure. There's a message this movie is really pushing um, that depending on the mood you're in when you watch it, you might be like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you might be like, yes, preach. Mm-hmm. This is great. So we can get into that. But I, I think we both liked it, which is great. Um, talk about your experiences and performances, please, that stood out to you.
1: Uh, I went to the like seven o'clock Sunday night showing there was me and three other people in the theater. So it was an absolutely perfect yep. except for those three other people. Sure. Those are the only things making it not were absolutely they, Were they perfect. in front of you or behind you. They were in the very back row and were I was in the almost back. front row. Oh really? Yeah. I You've went been, like, on the rail, off the corner thing on the rail.
0: That's a great spot. Yeah. Because the like G11 because
1: you can pick your seat. Yeah, G10 right. is dead center. Is it? Yep. I just thought 11 was whatever. Okay. Either way. Those two are like right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's nice because it affects where you pick your seat because you can pick now yep. and you can see who's sitting where thus yeah. far. Isn't that great? So I'm like, oh, those people are way up there. I'm gonna get really far away from them. Yeah, it's perfect. Yep. So great viewing experience. Um, the sound was amazing. I think it'd be really wise to either watch this movie with headphones or see it in the theater. Uh, I love. If you're it. watching movies on your laptop speakers, stop it. Yeah, do better than that for sure. You deserve more. Exactly. So I had a great viewing experience. Uh, yeah. What Good. was the other question? Um, what Oh, was the other roles. Question? Yeah. Roles that stood
0: out. Well, uh, for me, I really liked everyone in it. Um, sure. Have you seen Sterling K Brown? He's the dad in this, in other stuff. Not really. Yeah. Maybe he's, there's something about him that is always just really reassuring and loving. And even though he, could, he has played kind of like two sides of a, a strong dad coin in this movie, I think like there's still that presence of, of just warmth and like you trust him inherently, mm-hmm. which is great since you asked my feelings about it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. But truthfully, I asked for yours. So, anybody else?
1: I was really impressed by Taylor Russell. She kind of figuratively and literally came out of nowhere in this movie. (laughs) And I'll explain that in The Danger Zone. It's really hard to talk about this movie at any length without spoiling a ton of it. So, uh, I think we're getting pretty close to as far as we can go. But um, general thoughts on performances those two stood out but honestly everyone in this movie was was pretty damn
0: strong um what about you were there any standout characters yeah, I mean, like yeah again like sterling k brown for me is is just i'm always in when i saw that he was in this movie i was like oh, i'm gonna see it and and i was <laughs> i saw again saw it at the pageant took gianna who was like really really uh caping for this movie she's like i want to go see it don't see it without me i can see it um because i i had told her i'm seeing a movie at the pageant and she's like all right don't go without me because she she thought we were seeing Honey Boy is the point. Oh. And then the movie started. And it's like 10 minutes in. And she's like, like I can tell she's not really watching them. And she leans over, she goes, I don't I think we're in the wrong movie. And I was like, No, no this is this is this is it. And she was like, Where's Shia LaBeouf? And I'm like, We're seeing this is waves. And she's like, I thought we were seeing Honey Boy. Um <laughs> And I felt so bad, um, which is all to say, like, once I saw that Sterling K. Brown was in this, I was seeing it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I progressively got more excited to see it. Um, but it's not a movie that, like, grabs you instantaneously. She sure. didn't, like, see it and be like, oh, I'm so glad I accidentally saw this. Mm-hmm. She did not like this movie. And I don't think everybody's going to like it. Um, so for me, in addition just to the performance, I, th- I think uh, I loved seeing it. It was great. Um, the movie wasn't great. The movie was very good. Mm-hmm. I have some problems, but um, overall very stoked to have seen it. Um, I think Lucas Hedges is great in this. He's great in a lot of stuff. Um, And he, he also sort of comes in like the second act of the movie Mm -hmm. or the second half. Maybe he kind of shows up and starts to become more of a a presence. Um, but he's very great also, I think in, in his role and you're right now that I'm speaking, it is kind of tough to Mm -hmm. not spoil anything. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, all I want to say about that. I do want to know how this movie made you feel. And and, and not just at the end, but, like, while you were watching it.
1: Um, Bad. Uh. Like, really dark mm-hmm. and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of suffering, a lot of uh, suffering in silence and, like, by yourself. Uh, a lot of, like, teenage angst and all the weight of the world's on your shoulders, that type of thing. And just dealing with your problems in the absolute worst way. Uh Yeah, so it made me feel very sad and just bummed
0: out overall. Um, I think that was kind of the point. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there's, there's certain – like I can't think of a movie where so differently the first half and the second half made me feel mm-hmm. like it's very, very intense, mm-hmm. the first half, almost overwhelmingly. Yeah. And then in an instant that shifts at some point in the movie and you feel just – like, I was almost wondering what, like, why I don't, I didn't trust it. I was so tense from the first half that by the time the second half started, I was like, something's going to, I was waiting. And it, and maybe it does We're not spoiling that, but like for a good chunk there, I'm like, I don't trust any of this, Yeah, which I think is a testament to, to this film, like a manipulation of emotions
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to further a story is great. I love to feel stuff in movies. It's great. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, I want to say more, but I, I can't I know. right now. We need to just get there.
0: So soundtrack wise, um, we can talk about uh, certainly uh, pre-existing songs. There's a Kanye West song in here. Uh, I hate Kanye West. I think he sucks. Mm. Fight me if you like him. All don't right. fight me, but um, you can. I just I don't. The way that it's chopped in, it was almost laughable. Like it, the song is, uh, I think it's called "I'm a God" or mm-hmm. "I Am a God," Whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of Kanye in a nutshell, is how mm-hmm. he feels about himself. And it comes in at a point in the movie where it's like, I, like I got it already. Like I didn't need that song necessarily. But what is more interesting to me is some of the music that happened during the trailer. Um, which was composed uh, in part by Trent Reznor from The Nine Inch Nails. He's done more solo stuff lately. Uh, and Atticus Ross, who's done some other work on other films. They're actually a composition team. I thought they were because they did. They both worked on um, uh, the Trent Reznor short. Or am I thinking of Tom York? I am thinking of Tom York. I'm yep. sorry. Forget it. Never mind. Yeah, they've done a bunch of stuff together. Like they what?
1: Did uh you would recognize them from the score of mid 90s. Oh, sure. He, they did uh, Bird Box they've been doing a bunch of stuff together yeah Yeah. uh they did what was that other movie oh uh girl with the dragon tattoo which one uh the newer one
0: yeah the runny yeah
1: Yeah. but they've done a bunch of stuff together and it's all got this really unique style it's very ephemeral very like encompassing yeah like abstract but then very synthy and like atmospheric yeah synthy and then they'll just be like a subtle melody that kind of Mm -hmm. takes in and then the thing with Reznor, that's the thing that he brings is like, there's this one little piano diddle. That's just like,
0: yeah, it's a motif,
1: but it's sprinkled in with all these different other sounds, but it's this constant backbone and it's really, it creates a weird vibe.
0: Yeah. I loved
1: the the sounds of this. Movie. Yeah, I
0: did too. It, it's going to be a tie in for one of my, uh, me my hot and bothered. I got to talk about a movie that I finally caught up with that also just left me just breathless. The soundtrack was crazy and the same sort of thing. It was a, sort of like a, uh, I think like an alternative rock duo, um, that was hired on to do, uh, this movie. And it was so out of left field. Like if you heard nine inch nails 10 years ago and then you are like, yeah, those guys also did the music for waves. You'd be like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> um, cause it's just so random. And it's a cool thing to see musicians being able to sort of dip their toes in different, um, genres. Maybe is not the different, perfect word, almost but. different mediums. Uh, yeah. Also I want to just really double check cause I wasn't crazy. You said ephemeral. I think you meant ethereal. Whatever. Ephemeral means just like a short burst of time. Like just a bit ephemeral. Just, you know. Maybe. Maybe. Random facts. Think about it. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So nothing else to talk about without spoiling it, correct? Correct. Okay. Then we're going to put waves on pause for a minute. We're going to jump into Hot and Bothered. Uh, And If you haven't heard the show before, that's where me and this dude across from me get a chance to catch up because we don't see each other all that often except for once a week. So my friend, what is new in your life? Good or bad? Hot or bothered? We always have a break before this not this time we not don't. this time i can oh, go God. first if you want me to no okay never
1: great <laughs> ever uh hot wait is hot no hot's the good one bothered's the bad one yeah i remember no bothered's the good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh not much going on this week uh, other than did watch the irishman had my company christmas party it was a lot of fun I yeah don't... what was that you guys did not come
0: to my show for the record Somebody took a picture of you and sent it to me. That's that was your company. Yeah. Somebody at your company. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I met somebody named that, Amy. That was my boss. Is that her name? Yeah, Amy. Yeah, she. I walked in. I was playing a show downtown Chico a couple of days ago, and I walked in with a can of the nitro cold brew that you brought me, mm-hmm. that you guys distribute. And about thirty minutes into setting up, this woman comes up and goes, "Excuse me," and she. I thought she was going to be like, "Do you guys play loud, annoying music?" So we had drums and like lights and stuff. And she was like. We distribute that stuff can i take a picture of it uh whatever and i was like oh yeah like you know johnny we do a podcast and he gave me he's like you know johnny like i'm that's yeah yeah so it was a nice moment i meant to bring that up that's awesome thank you for reminding me yeah so that was the holiday party that you
1: were at yes you did not go to that part of it i went to the dinner and uh that was actually my second party of the evening ah tuckered i was out i was peopled out yeah like funny. i could not i had nothing left to offer the world i'd been drinking tequila it was time to go home and relax. Yeah, I get that. So, but it was a blast. Good. I had a great time with the new company. It was a lot of fun, and I was glad
0: I got to send them your way. Yeah, I will thank you for that. I suppose you're welcome. Yeah. Well, will you or are you? I suppose I will in the future. Okay. Uh, give me a moment.
1: It is the future. Thank you for yeah. that. that was great. No problem. Yeah, I was hoping to save it for some time when I was feeling down. Fair. Just call you and be like, bro, give me that thanks. I need that thanks right now. <laughs> uh,
0: anything got you bothered?
1: Uh. I you know I got blackout drunk like almost a month ago with Brandon Duran. Nice shout out! <laughs> and we both drank a bottle of rum. I remember this. Yeah, I heard it was about a this. great night. And I woke up the next day and my jaw hurt like mm. I had been punched. But Did no you get one punched? punched me? Okay, I'm pretty sure I slept on my fist or something. But this, my left side of my jaw, has been sore since, and to this day. I have a sharp stabbing pain behind my ear when I chew. That sucks. So this might just be my life now. It might be. I looked it up. It's this thing called TMJ. It's a uh irritation of the basically the hinge too much jowl of your jaw. Is that what it is? Uh I think it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's fun. I have to yeah, start deal tr- with that now. Start treating that. That's fine. How the- old are you?
0: uh t- 32 don't say 20. <laughs> let me just let me, i don't know 21 22 32 32 yeah that, it's fine that happens deal with it yeah you get blacked out drunk things just start not yeah. working as well yeah uh, so that's really the only thing that's got me bothered just kind of annoying well that's that falls into the category of soreness which i also have something to piggyback on all right i have uh today is the 9th of december on december uh i want to say the 3rd i'm gonna look at my calendar just to make sure i started a thing I saw this video on the internet. This dude, it was like one of those clickbaity YouTube things. It was December 3rd where dude was like, I did a hundred burpees a day for a month and here's whatever, here's how it happened. So I watched and I was like, that's compelling. I can't do that. I can't do a hundred burpees a day physically, not in that good of shape, but I thought I could do 50 a day. So I've been doing that since the third. So it's been almost a week. Um, with the exception of the fourth day, because I was so sore, I couldn't lift my arms over my head. I was suffering from, if we're playing the acronym game with uh, the Jowls thing, mm-hmm. uh, I was suffering from DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle uh, soreness, which I guess is a thing. I don't know a lot about working out, but basically you do something that your body's like, you shouldn't be doing that. And then it's like, we're going to break now. Mm-hmm. And that's what DOMS is. So I had that. I took a day off, but shy of that. That means you owe 100. I owe 50 because of 50 a day. Yeah. But so I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven minus. Uh, one, so six times 50, 300 burpees in the past uh, six days or so. Explain a burpee. A burpee <laughs> sucks, apparently. It's I not thought like- it was fine, but it does not fine. It sucks. It's not just what happens after you drink a carbonated beverage? No. Okay. It's Here's a burpee. You basically. Like you're going to burp. No, you drop, <laughs> you drop down to your hands. You kick your feet out behind you into a plank position. Uh, then if you're crazy, which is what I was for the first few days, you do a push-up. And you jump your feet back, you jump into the air as high as you can, and you clap at the top, and you do it again. 50 of those. Okay. I have since sort of changed it up. Instead of doing a push-up every time, I'll do some like mountain climbers with my knees and then jump. It's a very, very exhausting thing. Um, but I'm doing it because I got to do it. I started it. I'm going to finish it. All right. Um, So that was one thing. I wanted to mention it because it was such a nice transition from what you were saying. I mentioned there was a movie that I got to catch up with that I didn't see. It's a movie called Columbus.
1: Can I ask? Please. Before you carry on. Yes. Sorry. Is that a hot or a bothered? I'm
0: not sure yet. <laughs> it feels it like it's, you know. It's just a blanket. It I could don't, be either. Yeah. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but w- I hate going to the gym, but I love being at the gym. Not necessarily in a gym. I love working out. I don't like starting that though. I uh-huh. hate, I hate like, I just hate it. It's just one of those things that I, for whatever reason, associate with being a pain in the ass because it is. Yeah. So I don't like going to the gym, but like once I, like I start sweating, it's like, I think it's like yard work. Like you're doing, you're like, all right, I'm getting something done. Like working with your hands or like doing, it's that feeling. Um, so in that sense, it's both. I don't like starting those, but once I do, I'm like, all right, I feel like I've accomplished something. Fair enough. Which is a very nice feeling. Columbus. Yes. Bueno. Any more uh, questions about burpees? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's a movie that came out. Um, I will tell you exactly when, but it was, it was a couple years ago. Um, 2017 and it was directed by somebody called Koganata. That's the whole name. Never heard of their work before. Um, I'm going to show you this cause maybe you've seen this poster, but possibly not. No, it kind of flew under the radar. It stars Haley Lou Richardson. I will show you her also cause you definitely know her. Um, she's been in a few things, uh, that we've seen in the past. I won't okay, uh, yeah, name yeah. them now. Um, John Cho is also in it. Um, who's possibly most famous for like the Harold and Kumar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually been doing some really cool stuff lately. Anyways, it's a very slow movie. The Letterbox synopsis is, uh, when a renowned architecture scholar falls suddenly ill during a speaking tour, his son, Jin, finds himself stranded in Columbus, Indiana, a small Midwestern city celebrated for its many significant modernist buildings. Jin strikes up a friendship with Casey, a young architecture enthusiast who works at the local library. Hmm. Um, More than anything, it's a movie bathed sort of in uh, its own tone. The soundtrack is incredible. Um, actually, do you have Spotify on your phone?
1: Mm, yeah, not premium, though.
0: Oh, you're not a premium boy? No. That's all right. Uh, I'll drop in a... Here's what we'll do. We'll play a soundbite of it right now because it's it's quite good. I just want to set the tone of this movie before I say more. So here's a little bit of the soundtrack of Columbus. Okay, so this is kind of the tone of the entire movie. It's all sort of, it's this very like plot along, meandering sort of ephemeral ephemeral vibe. Um, and you mentioned like it might put you to sleep, but in the context of the movie, it's just so peaceful. And I've never experienced a movie that, I don't want to say fetishizes it, that makes it kind of more carnal than I want to be. But like really like worships architecture. It's an art form that isn't often appreciated in film. But it's just a really peaceful experience. And, and to tie back into your viewing experience of The Irishman and sort of the testament of watching things uh, all together, I actually broke this up. And I broke it up by about two weeks. Oh, wow. Which was not smart. I did it. Um, and I, I just wasn't. It's not a movie that grabs you plot wise. So I just I like stopped it and I didn't mean to. I just didn't start it again. I'm gonna bring that back. It makes you sound more interesting. It does, right? Just keep it, yeah, real low. That's very nice. Give it you like right there. Uh, Johnny's audio producing today. Yeah. Um. Every day. Bro. Every day. Um. Was the movie scary? Was it? No, no, no. Was it, it was a
1: character study. What kind of movie are we talking about?
0: Yeah, it was just these two people in this chapter of their lives. She, uh, Casey, played by Haley Lou Richardson, is. Um, she's like I think like 17 or 18. She's just finishing high school and has decided to not go off to college. She wants to stay and take care of her mother, who is kind of has a tough time in life and. There's a lot of sort of overtone of parents and familial responsibilities because, like I said, in the synopsis of Jin, uh, John Cho's character, his father became ill and now he's stranded Like while his dad's in the hospital. So they have a lot of these on the surface, very boring conversations about sort of well, definitely architecture, but also what it means to be a be a child of a parent and kind of what your role is and like how, how the parents should hold you back or not like what your responsibility is to them if Hmm. their life it's it's really it's interesting it's a it's a it's a snapshot of of these people's lives and it's really interesting and it feels like this it feels like this does the whole movie does well i kind of want to watch it now because it sounds super soothing but again yeah like watch it watch it with headphones or something like if you don't put this on your smartphone (laughs) to to double down with scorsese there but like it's worthwhile it's not exciting but okay. it shouldn't be. Did you like it? Loved it. Yeah. Liked it a lot. Excellent. Sorry. No, I loved it. I'd say I loved it. Perfect. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I loved it. Yeah. Um So obviously you're
1: recommending it. What would you give it out of 10?
0: Yeah, it's it's like an 8 for me, man. Actually, I could nice. probably tell you what I actually rated it on Letterboxd again if you want to follow us there. You can. You just cause... actually rated it an 8. Yeah, I think that's I just want to make sure I'm consistent here, but IRL, bro. IRL? What does that mean? You you young hip person? Okay, boomer. Yeah, I gave it a 4 out of 5. It's an 8. Okay. Um Check it out, Columbus. I rented it at all the best. I had it for a couple of weeks, uh, so I had a lot of late fees due. But that's what inspired me to watch it. I was like, "Look, I've had it for this long. I might as well put it on." So I yeah. watched the last hour.
1: Well, you're doing your part back.
0: to keep all the best in business. Too. That's what I told them when I walked in. I said, "Listen, we all know you guys aren't getting by on rental fees." I support local business. Please, here's my old movies. <laughs> uh, I got like five more out there that I'm going to pay late fees for. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. That do was Columbus. You, do you know if Columbus is available to stream anywhere? Um, I can tell you in two seconds.
1: Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure it is. Um, I would say this is on Hulu. I'm just going to
0: just yeah. roll the dice. It actually feels really good, but it's not on Hulu. No? Is it on anywhere? Nope. Okay. You can you can rent it on iTunes or buy it on iTunes, but I think that's all I'm seeing it. Perfect. Um, again, like Koganata, not a very well-known director. I have not seen anything else they have done, Uh, but it doesn't look like anything else is feature length. Uh, A lot of documentary-looking things. Fair enough. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Um, The other thing I watched was Taxi Driver, which is a Scorsese film that I've never seen. I was particularly interested because we had talked about the um, parallels between that and Joker, Mm -hmm. the Todd Phillips movie from earlier this year with Joaquin Phoenix, Mm. and everybody on the internet was like, Taxi driver, taxi driver. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I watched it, and I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Wild. It's 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 this, not the same, obviously, but it, it is, though. Mm-hmm. It's the same movie. Yeah, it's taxi driver, yeah. Which actually makes me feel better because I was so confused as to how this Todd Phillips movie who did – a ton of comedies like the hangover and others like how how did he do this how did this guy who's done these movies come up with this movie i'm like oh you didn't oh you (laughs) really like you you didn't you just just, it's taxi driver you did taxi driver with face paint um yeah pretty much Um, how good was taxi driver it was very good man i i'm okay with spoiling taxi driver yeah at this point uh you got a few minutes here if you want to skip forward you can if you haven't seen taxi driver watch it the ending is what makes it very cool because like the whole movie when's the last time you saw this Not that long ago. I just rewatched it before like Joker time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, basically the movie is very straightforward. Um, I mean, literally narratively, like what you see is what you get up until about the end. I think there's a, the end where he gets shot, uh, a few times in the neck. Mm -hmm. And then like, there's that sort of, you like the camera shoots above him. Uh, I think somebody, maybe Scorsese himself was like, that's his soul lifting out of his body. So everything that follows, including, um, what's her name? Uh, the actress in that movie, I should just pull it up. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, uh, oh god, oh, I thought you had it,
0: Clarice Sterling. No, Sterling. No, that's, that's not her? it. Yeah. oh, that's maybe her. That was her in *Sounds the Lambs*. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yeah, I was like, that's a character name. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Um, like she goes back to her parents and goes back to school. The girl who has been creeped out by Robert De Niro and like put off decides to like flirt with him, like try to get him back. I think uh, none of that's real. Those are like his final moments and like wishing what could have happened. Or it can be real. I read this really interesting article about sort of the two takes on it. Um, I think that's what makes that movie better than good. I think that's what sort of elevates it to great, great cinematography, great movie making, but it has something to say. Uh, And it's not set on saying it definitively. You can read it a couple of different ways. I love that about movies. Joker, not so much, but this one for sure. Yep, Very, very fun. And also like I haven't seen a lot of Robert De Niro in his prime, I've seen a lot of like meet the Fockers, Robert De Niro. Yeah. So like seeing that, I was like, yeah, okay. Like I get it. Yeah. He's, I looked it up. He's got, you know, how many, how many movie credits do you think Robert De Niro? Oh, has? It's
1: gotta be in the
0: fifties. Okay. You want to take a, you want to take a solid guess? 53. Okay. Before I tell you Robert De Niro, I'm going to ask you another name, another actor you're, you're more familiar with than Robert De Niro. I don't know. Work with how like Brad Pitt. Okay. What do you think Brad Pitt's been in?
1: Oh, probably 20-something movies.
0: Uh, I wrote Brad Pitt. Yeah, So I was like, where is he coming You said 20-something?
1: It's 20-something, probably.
0: Brad Pitt has been in 87. Holy so, shit. I'll give you another chance for Robert De Niro. Whoa. Granted, Brad Pitt's a huge actor. He's been in 87 movies? He's credited for 87 movies on Letterboxd. Well, that, as an actor? Isn't that crazy? As yes, an as an actor.
1: Oh, my God. God.
0: It's wild. I haven't seen all of them for no. sure. For sure, I haven't
1: seen eighty-seven movies total. Oh well, if that's the case, and De Niro's been working since what the seventies? I think probably before that, the even late sixties, early seventies. So he's probably got thirty years on Brad Pitt.
0: Oh or He's had to have been in two hundred movies. He's okay. He's been that's producer. He's been in um, one hundred fifty-three. Wow, like a ton of movies. One hundred and fifty-three movies. Uh, Joker, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. He was in The Godfather Part 2 I think Silver Linings Playbook The Irishman obviously American Hustle Jackie Brown I don't remember him and Jackie Brown but he was Casino Raging Bull He was in Limitless Mean Streets another Scorsese film He's in so much stuff Yeah he's an icon which is why The Irishman is such a crazy thing it's such a crazy venture it's like this one it's a closing chapter of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro just like here we are this is our legacy Man. But we're not even talking about that's crazy. that yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> or again, or again. Yes. Yeah, we could. T- yeah, either way. Um. Anyways, so that was that was basically my week. Burpees, Columbus, taxi driver. What an experience! I also saw Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, for the first time. Nice. And the Equalizer two. <laughs> Denzel. The only film Denzel has ever made a sequel to. Fun fact. I know. And out of all the movies, I'm like, that's what you. That's it, man. Right. The Equalizer 2 sucks, by the way. I couldn't have been that good. No, I just kept seeing ads for it on YouTube. I was like, maybe I'll just rent it. I saw it on the shelf at All the Best. like, okay, Gianna will watch this one with me probably. She's not going to watch uh, – well, she actually did watch Bush Cassidy. It's a great movie. Very cool. Equalizer cool. 2, not so much. <laughs> it's a bad movie. Uh, I can't um, believe he hasn't made a sequel. Yeah. That blows me away. Right? That's what uh, Michael at All the Best told me. He was like, this is it. I was like, that's really interesting. And he was like, yeah, it's just that he loved the character so much. I was like, I don't, maybe I don't know who Denzel Washington is. Like, right? I, don't, I don't get this guy <laughs> at all. You've changed Denzel. But okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we
1: start talking spoilers? No, I'm dying to get it back into waves. Then we go into the danger zone. Dun, dun, dun. Danger, danger zone, zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger
0: zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger We're here in the land that Johnny Prospers. Yes. Can I just say, you've had both of your ears in your headphones most of the time today? Yeah. Why? I'm trying to figure out why this room makes me dizzy. Does it? Yeah. And I
1: think it's the window. It's like my huh. brain tries to focus. It's on never you. open.
0: That's never actually usually how it is. But I like that you're going both headphones. You've had uh, you've for what it's worth in my ears been very balanced the whole time. Like I think you've been doing a better job of like coming off the mic when you're very loud mm. or onto it when you're a little bit more quiet. Yeah. It's very helpful to me as a producer. I try and be helpful. Not as an audio engineer. That is your yeah. your territory today. That's right. Well, that's why I'm, I'm paying more attention.
1: Oh, that might be. Checking them levels, dog. Yeah, dude. I'm like Skrillex.
0: Um, so let's just really quickly. Do you want to spoil anything from The Irishman? Actually, no. I'll take that question away from me because I haven't seen it. Please don't. I'm going to spoil everything. Don't you dare. Jimmy Hoffa's still alive. Yep. yep. With JFK. Yep. Who's Jimmy Hoffa? Uh, what you, like, I don't a, know. As a, a person? As a historical
1: figure. I've heard that name a bunch. Don't know who he is. We've gone over way too much of The Irishman. You have to watch it. All right. Fair enough. Yep. It's time to get into waves. All right. You could say you don't know uh, he was the leader of the Teamsters in the what late f- 90s. What's a Teamster? The leaders of the unions. Uh, so they unionized like the rail workers. Oh, that's cool. They were the first to organize and get unions that represented blue collar workers that gave them fair representation and stuff like health care, um, standardized wages, things like that. Seems like, like a that. good dude um for all intents and purposes he did good things when it came to protecting
0: laborers oh well, that's seems there's a other side of that coin <laughs> sure. okay he wouldn't be in a movie with this cast sure yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's Irishman again. we're moving on waves waves good um I want to talk about one thing I said you could depending on the mood you're in when you see this movie you might be like yes I get it or you might be like this is bullshit yeah what is that well you heard in the trailer. Uh, my least favorite Bible verse of all time, because it 's overdone at weddings, it's the love is patient, love is kind, it does not boast whatever it 's Corinthians it might be yeah, is it thirteen all right um clearly your least favorite as well um no it's so they say that, and I think that sort of sets the entire movie it 's basically um two two tellings of how you can uh process and deal with um negative negativity, basically right. Like you can either spiral like the sun does or sort of, um, find, what's the word peace maybe, uh, and go the other way with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And it really oversimplifies this idea. You're kind of beaten over the head of like, you just need to love, you can't harbor hate. That's what's going to, re- and it's more complex than that. I think this whole issue. So clearly I'm in like more of a jaded mood today, Yeah. but I think if you can get on board with that idea, you'll really love this movie. Yeah. You also have to buy into. Um, uh, do you remember the character's name, uh, played by Kelvin Harris Jr., the son? I don't know why I'm blanking on it. I don't remember. All right. Well, you have to buy into his spiral, his downward spiral, which mm-hmm. is abrupt. Um, and again, like it deals with a lot of stuff, like substance abuse and probably some mental health and and what it, and teenage angst, like you said. And it really sort of boils it into like one thing that they can wrap up in about an hour and fifteen minutes but if you're with it it works and if you're not the rest of it seems kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I was in the camp of I'm with it. This is good. Cool. It's a it's a it's a simplified message but one that I think is nice.
1: Yeah, because this it really immersed you into the this character of this young man and everything he's going through and his girlfriend's pregnant and just all these different things going on in his universe that lead to his eventual downfall. Um sure. it was really encompassing and Some of the camera work made me a little nauseous. It was a really interesting choice not using a stabilizer. I'm wondering – I I see that the budget was, like, really high, and I'm wondering – That's not right. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Nope, that's not it. Fair enough. Either way, they had enough money, I'm sure, to get a stabilizer. Yeah, there's a little steady cam. like, I think it was a choice, and –
0: it was Oh, for sure it was a choice. It was was interesting. Well, like, there's there's a great shot um, when he's – he's a wrestler, by the way. I just had his name in front of me, too – Kelvin Harris Jr. plays plays Tyler. Tyler. And Tyler's a wrestler. Um, and there's one scene where he is on the mat, and if I'm the camera, I'm going to try to describe this with my words, but basically his head is upright, and then he falls down to the mat, and the camera tilts at a 90-degree angle to the left, and then he springs back up, and it shoots upward. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, yeah, very, very dizzying, but kind of puts you in it. Yeah. Um, and then basically once once he is is put in jail – the camera stops. Like it, it goes to the sister and everything is a lot more mm-hmm. serene. So yeah. for sure it's a choice. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just trying to immerse you into his mentality.
1: Yeah. But it was interesting. Cause there was some of that in the second part of was this there? movie. Yeah. The transition, like some of the stuff where they were running through the sprinklers, Oh, the sure. camera oh, was shaking, definitely. like yeah, someone yeah. was running after them. And I was like, hey, this is a little Blair witchy. Yeah, Witch- for sure. Might've looked better with the stabilizer, but like I said, it's all aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a choice, that's fine. Uh, so this movie, really is broken into two parts yeah not subtly and it's yeah it's, it feels like two different movies wrapped
0: yeah. in one and a lot of people aren't gonna like that
1: yeah and a big part of me was wondering why the second part was a thing because i think they could have made the whole movie combining the two parts and have his sister oh, i don't know in the first half at all sure she we that was one of my main things is I like the bifurcation of this movie and the fact that it's just completely shifting focus. What I didn't like was the fact that we knew nothing about the sister. Like she was barely in the first half of this movie. The only scene that we see her in interacting really, even with any other family is, is holding Tyler like mid breakdown kind of in his descent. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we don't get much insight to anything that's going on with her. And then all of a sudden the movie's about her. Mm-hmm. I would just like to have seen her integrated a bit more into the first half of the film. But she wasn't the focus. The dad wasn't. The mom wasn't. It was all about Tyler. So, I mean,
0: that, like I, like we've said, is a choice. Also, what do you think well, about that? Let me give you this alternative viewing that I've just thought of. Um, that's kind of a theme is that she's not really part of it. Like you have this overachieving son that the parents kind of give their attention to. It's even said at multiple points that like, it's a big conflict between dad and mom. Like we have not paid enough attention to our daughter. Mm. Um, And I think that's something worth noting. I think, I think we're intentionally not given much about her aside from the, like the bathtub scene um, and like some random brother, sister stuff, just like random bickering or her listening to music and kind of the far end of the frame. I think definitely it's intentional, obviously, but like, I think it's, I think it works. Like she was in the background, yeah, and and like that's kind of the main—that's sort of a resolution she has at the end. Um, she gets she texts that thing to her mom. She's like, "I'm glad you're my mom. I want to be more in... like I want to talk more." Mm-hmm. So I, I think that helped to kind of further sort of her alienation in the family and sort of her overshadowedness by her brother.
1: Yeah, definitely. And with what happened with her brother and and him killing her his girlfriend. I mean,
0: it spiraled so fast. Yeah,
1: it was just boom done, and then. I really liked the way that he was just completely severed out of the film. Like, yeah, went to jail. That's it. We saw him once at the end, at the end. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they did that consciously to be like, that's how it is. Like, totally. It's he's not here. He's not in the movie. He's not in their lives. We don't need to see him sitting in a jail cell or, you know, his story is done because he's not a part of this anymore. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, though, with the abruptness of that separation Mm -hmm. because it
0: was true to reality. Yeah. It's how it is, you know? Yeah, you're gone. Yeah. Um uh so I mean, yeah, the one scene we do get is like him eating alone, uh, looking at the picture of the girlfriend, mm-hmm. pregnant girlfriend that he killed. That's mm-hmm. very tragic. That's very sad. Yeah. Um Lucas Hedges, the boyfriend of the sister, mm-hmm. comes in. I didn't trust him. Again, like I'm so tense from the first time. I'm like, <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do? Are you like gonna post on Snapchat that you're dating the the murderer's sister. And like, like, I don't know. I didn't trust it for, I think I didn't trust him soon enough to appreciate their relationship, which I think was actually pretty nice.
1: Yeah. I know. I kept waiting for him to kill her or something or something.
0: Yeah. The manatee's going to eat her. What's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, I mean, he was so kind and out of the blue. Like that's actually the argument I would make. There's this character that shows up. There's just so much around this family at this point. Like he's the brothers murdered somebody and the girl, like everybody knows who she is. And Mm -hmm. they make a point of addressing that. She deletes her social media because she can't handle um, the vitriol online. Um, but like for him to come out and be like, what's up? Oh, We're not even going to talk about your brother. And she's like, you know who I am. He's like, yeah, I don't care. And then there's like eating at diners and taking road trips. I did think his dad tangent was very great. Mm. That That's like Lucas Hedges is somebody. I'm watching him still. Yeah. That whole scene. Whole, it's
1: so good. Like When they were talking in the car, is that the scene you're talking about? It's the whole...
0: It's from the car. It's oh. from when they leave town mm-hmm. to his dad in the hospital but to when he dies. Like, it's its this idea of... Because his dad, It's if you haven't seen the movie, used to beat, I think, him and his mom until she kicked him out, basically. And he was a terrible person by all accounts. But he lets go of that hatred and he, he accepts love and goes to see him and forgives him for being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's the movie in a nutshell. So she... Uh, has chosen to be with somebody who is um, sort of making that their active choice in life. Yeah. And that's the difference between she and her brother. And it was interesting because she was a big part of
1: encouraging him to make that choice. Yes. And it was almost like, you know, she can't make that choice for herself, but it's easy for her to encourage someone else to do it. Mm. Maybe like helping him with his problems and encouraging him in that direction made her realize that- It totally did, yeah. Yeah, she totally had her own shit she needed to shake hands with, so- I really liked her. Um, yeah, I did too. She was really surprising. Did you know she's twenty <laughs> five? Never would have guessed that, right? She looks fourteen. Seriously, I I looked her up to see like what else she's been in and if like anything on the
0: horizon. I was like, you're kidding me. She's twenty five years old. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Because Lucas, they like it, that bothered me just on a just like a moral level. Like Lucas Hedges does not seem like he's her age. Yeah, like the, it seems like he had skipped or missed a repeated a few years in school. Uh huh. I don't know. Cause he was born in 96. See, he looks older than he actually is. But he's like, what that puts him at. Here we go. Oh man. Um, 22 or something. He's a very young kid. Yep. Interesting. Um, why'd well, you about the dialogue? A lot of it was very, uh, what's the way to phrase it? Very high school. Mm-hmm. It was not pristine film dialogue. It yep. felt like teen, especially with the integration of sort of the cell phone stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you get a couple shots where it's, texting shorthand like all caps or T H O or the letter U instead of the word. I think that translates into their actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was great. It put me into their scenario a little bit better. Um, cause if you're going to deal with stuff surrounding high school stresses, I want to believe that these people are high schoolers. Yeah. And they're going to communicate in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the stuff where I kind of get lost in this movie, like where I am going to sort of deduct a few points are sort of the random, um, not fully addressing social media stuff. Mm. There's one pretty, uh, random, um, uh, racial slur that comes out of the, like this movie isn't super concerned with race most of the time until that. And then it has to be about it, but it doesn't ever address that either. Mm. It just is like sort of one nugget that makes Tyler spiral. I didn't love that. Yeah. Um, I think if this movie had, uh, sort of pulled in a few of its tentacles and focused on the two characters exclusively, I think that would have helped. Yeah. Personally. That makes sense. Yeah. Anything else? Um you, I see you racking your brain. There's, I was I was just going to leave you a little bit of room if you wanted to talk but
1: I think the really the the thing I didn't like the most about this movie is how sad it made me.
0: Yeah, I mean like at the very end
1: did you feel more hopeful or more despairing? Mm. Well, if it's between hope and despair, probably more towards I would say hopeful but also bummed out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this was a like a really well made and pretty movie, and it was really good and well mm-hmm. acted but like i I was asking myself if I actually enjoyed the experience, but I mean I think that's as a testament to the immersiveness of it, sure that like you were feeling those emotions and you got endeared to these characters, and you were going through this with them, and then just the interactions with um Tyler's mom and dad, yeah, with them two together there's a couple of scenes where they're they're having these really deep like Super serious conversations that like would be hard to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were acted and written in such a way that you believed that they were, it was hard, yeah. you know, and it was almost, it was uncomfortable. It really was. That's a good word for it is just uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. There's that, there's that one line where you see that, um, I think Emily is is uh Taylor Russell's character, the sister. Um, she's hearing them through the walls. And like we're we're there, it doesn't do us the favor of letting us know what they're saying. Yeah. Until we're in the room. At which point the wife just goes, uh what is she? I can't think of the wording, but it's basically like, um, i'm sorry I don't, why want... don't I'm sorry I don't want to fuck you, basically. Yeah. And then we're all like, oh shit. And then but then instead of just taking the easy road and be like, parent fight, it's mm-hmm. like he's like that's not exactly what it is yeah here's why i'm it's not Mm -hmm. just sex it's like you were not here at all and then she's like i can't look at you without thinking about our son in jail like you put it layers Yeah, a lot of emotional complexity there which is strange for a movie that has i think a pretty simple message yeah but i think it works
1: it does you know because she was blaming him and there's this issue of you know people grieving in such different ways and yeah it was it was like you said complex for something simple and uh you can kind of read into it as much or as little as you want, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, let's give this a rating. I don't think we have yet. Uh, please, after you. Yes, this movie was really well
1: done. Like I said, uh, it will kind of bum you out. Like this isn't something I'd watch to be uplipped, uplifted, particularly. Uh, I enjoyed it though, quite a bit. I'm gonna give this movie like a eight point two. That's pretty high. Pretty yeah. Good man. It 8. was, 8. you know, I can say that it was objectively a really well put together movie, and you know, I'm gonna probably watch it again, but I, I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily love the experience, yeah, because it is so raw and visceral, and you know, encompassing, and the music plays such a factor in it, yeah, it was just, it, it creates such an atmosphere, and it feels real, so. Take all that into consideration before you pick this movie to watch.
0: Fair. So, yeah, the, the director, Trey Edward Schultz, like I, like I said, I haven't seen Krecia, but I've seen It Comes at Night, Um, which is not a traditional horror movie. And I don't think this is a traditional family drama, obviously. Yeah. Um, So I give bonus points here for the vision of this director being like, I'm going to tell my story. Um, In a sense, he's, he's sort of had this distilled, very singular um, message to get across and does it in a really interesting way that while it doesn't always work for me does show a lot of initiative and vision and and i appreciate that mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give it an eight very solid movie i it didn't um i think affect me in a negative way quite as much as it might have done you so I'd, I'd watch this again i would show somebody this um, especially somebody with kids or somebody with kids this age in particular like i'm always a big fan of movies that are like hey here's how your decisions as a parent affect your child so make sure to have an open dialogue instead of what could happen mm-hmm. i also think that's kind of the the fulcrum of that final decision for her to open up to her parents it's almost a guarantee as far as the story is concerned that she's not going to go down the same path yeah. that tyler did they're yeah. talking and they're dealing with their stresses together and he's just like nope stealing those pills and just mm-hmm. things spiral um so anyways yeah this is how a I feel.
1: good example of how to have a terrible relationship with your children like the first, the half. first half. Yeah. 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 yeah it's kind of hard to watch if you ever had like a, a, strained emotional
0: relationship with a parent. Totally. It was wonky. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the, uh, for people in that scenario, what the catharsis might've been dealing with the bad relationship between Tyler and his dad, then the, um, then not van, then dealing with the, um, reconciliation of Lucas Hedges and his dad. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can see being in those shoes and sort of, projecting your own feelings on like, th- like this is what could have happened. And if he didn't go to jail, he might've one day been able to make it up with his dad and fix things as much as you can in yeah. that situation.
1: And then also seeing Tyler's dad with his sister and wanting to like, with Tyler's sister, with Tyler's yeah, sister. Yeah. yeah. And like wanting to be better. And like, it's kind of fucked that it took that yeah. for him to want right. to be a better dad. Dude, that
0: scene by the lake yeah. or the river or whatever they're at. Like I love, there's that unsuredness when you heard that in the trailer too, though, it was out of context. Like, um she basically is like how are you doing and he's like it's been tough Mm -hmm. and then without he's so insecure in his own emotions that he has to be like hasn't it like it's been tough hasn't it Mm -hmm. like he's he's so alienated from being able to be like i'm in pain yeah that he has to look for reassurance be like right tell me i can be in pain yeah it makes so much sense for for what happens before but it's nice to see yeah, those those knots being tied and Mm -hmm. strengthened yeah Powerful movie. Yeah, so that's Waves. Go see it if you can. It's out in theaters now. we uh, will be for at least a week or two. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, you can get a hold of us again at uh, on Instagram or Twitter. You can check out our website, freshhopcinema.com. Email us at fhccast at gmail.com. If you're really feeling saintly and in the Christmas-giving spirit, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes. There's a lot of movie podcasts. There's a lot of beer podcasts. There are not a lot of both of them with two people that love what they do. So – if you give us a review, it helps other people find the show. We'd super appreciate it. Um, bottom line is we're the best. That's that's, that's it, yeah. Uh, that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. And this show wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh, Fresh Hop Cinema.